Thanks for tuning in to the North Carolina Blogger Network, North Carolina's premier blogging community. They're talking about Rachel Miller's Moolah Marketer course on Facebook. We're listening to Rachel Miller. $2,000 in one week came with a viral, and it was a cat rolling pen. I showed it sometime up here earlier. It was a cat rolling pen, and I sold it, and I made 8% commission on it, and that was $2,000 I was so excited. It was like right before Christmas, and we had extra Christmas money. Um, okay, anybody else have some questions for us? Yes? Um, so back to the whole, you know, 
Yeah. I can't draw. 
I do paint. I love to craft. I'm a craft blogger, really. Um, I like quick and easy crafts, quick and easy everything. My life is built on quick and easy. But, so I sold hats. Um, people would send me a cartoon character, and I'm a genius with an arm, and I could take that cartoon character on a hat. Um, and my family and I went to Disney a few years with annual passes because when you live in Florida and you look around the school parking lot, every single car has a Disney annual pass sticker. It's like part of the, the club. You have to be part of the club. Um, so I get bored easily, which is why I love people. I have an analytical mind, but at the same time, I crave creativity or I get bored. And when I stopped working and stayed at home, I have two kids and my youngest has juvenile arthritis, and she needed me. My husband was deployed. My youngest had juvenile arthritis. I stayed home. I was bored, and I was lonely. So I started blogging. Um, so when I started blogging, because I'm analytical, because I'm a researcher, I started reading everything that there was to read about blogging. And I came across these articles that said, you know, to grow your following, you need to you know, find your tribe, right? You'll see it all the time, that you need your tribe. If you want to grow your Facebook page, lean on your tribe. But there was nowhere that I found that I saw, nowhere I could find where it told you exactly how to build a tribe. So when I reached a point in my business where I wanted to write a book, that's always been a life goal of mine. I, uh, my business coach, who was awesome, told me to think about my avatar I know who my avatar is. She's busy, she's middle, she's upper middle class, highly educated, stays at home, but values health. So she's always struggling with the health and neediness. I know my, my avatar perfectly. Did I write a book for my avatar? No. I did. I went with the passion project. Something, sometimes it's the wrong color. So my first mistake is how I think of my, my first tribe. I love them dearly. None of them blog anymore. Um, because I was a juvenile arthritis mom, I used to search a lot for juvenile arthritis bloggers and help because I was drowning. I had a child in chronic pain that couldn't speak. She didn't know what was going on. My daughter, when she was three, was taking the same dosage of Celebrex that my dad takes every day. Mm -hmm. And so there, there were things I had to do to survive. And so I'd lean on people, and this lady who was a blogger, actually an author, actually responded to me and invited me to her tribe. And I love her dearly. I love everyone in the tribe here, dearly. She was a juvenile arthritis blogger. Um, of the other members, and there were about five of us, all of them went to college with her. And they all had children, much older than mine, because they were all older than I am. Um, one was a spiritual blogger. One was, another one was a JA blogger, and I don't blog about juvenile arthritis. I blog about crafting, things to make your life easily, easier. If you have a kid that's bothering, I have a great post that can help you. Uh, I share tips on stomach bug hacks, medicine hacks, uh, the things that I've learned to do to cope with my life situations so I don't go crazy. I Man, I'm sure I'm a little crazy, but you know. There are things we do as moms so that, that we can make it through the day. And I share this. Well, the problem I ran into with my blogging tribe, they shared my content. I shared their content. But my readers liked preschool crafts, and my readers like like life tips for families. 
They didn't want to read about somebody's personal spiritual journey. Or they didn't want to read about a disease that doesn't affect their lives, their daily lives. So it got to the point where none of us were growing. We shared each other, we did all the right, we shared each other's work, we did all the right things. We called each other, I still call them when I'm having issues or when I, when I kind of need to hear some friendly voices. So we have that part of the blog, but we're missing an important part. We're missing the, uh, what I call the characteristics and benefits of an effective tribe. We were a tribe, but we were not an effective tribe. So to have an effective tribe, you do need to be friends. Um, one of the characteristics is you're supportive. You want each other to grow. You want your tribe members to become successful in whatever they do. A rising tide lifts all boats. I want all of you to become successful because it raises our industry as a whole. When Melissa gets a sponsored post for a lot of money, when Jenny Mars is a like, household name to all women bloggers everywhere, it, it lends authority to us as an industry. Because we're not just mom bloggers, we are entrepreneurs, we are SEO masters. Just like Veronica said, we know a lot of things. But there are, there's so much more than what's on the surface of blogging, and that's why I don't get bored and why I still do it and why I love it. Um, another characteristic, this characteristic I kind of touched on, is you have to have a related niche and a related avatar. Not necessarily as deep into your avatar as what you need to know your, your own audience, but on the surface, all the women in my tribe are, they're all mom bloggers. In essence, we, I focus on sick kid hacks. Somebody else may focus on recipes for moms. Somebody else focuses on other aspects of motherhood. But we all, we all talk about things that the moms. Uh, so uh, we're at the same experience level. This is one that I cannot stress enough. You grow together. So the best tribe for you is going to be one that's at the same experience level. Um, and I don't mean years blogging, because there are bloggers that have been blogging for 10 years, never monetized, never wanted to monetize. All they wanted to do was write. And that's fine. But if you change your mind and you want to start making money, or you want uh, to change, move your business in a di different direction with a tribe, then the tribe that's for you is not, isn't going to be the same bloggers that have been blogging for 10 years and have monetized this whole time. They are way up here when it comes to that. Their reach is maybe a lot farther. Um, their experience level, they may talk to you about RPMs, impressions, all these things that when you're new at the same experience level, so that you are growing together and you're not, you're not too worried about, you're not too worried about comparison. Because it's still going to, comparison is still going to affect you. You're still going to get hit with comparisonitis every now and then. It's always going to happen. And that's when you need your tribe to remind you why you are awesome. Before I walked up onto the stage, I went to my tribe. And I had so many messages of encouragement. I woke up this morning with messages from people on my hour, six hour drive here when I was talking to myself um, for a long time. My tribe would call and ask me how I was doing. And that really helped me just kind of get back to where, where you know, 
came, I came off the ledge again. Uh, the most important thing, though, you can have exceptions. And, and after I built my product, I had exceptions to most of these rules. I still have exceptions to most of these rules. But the one thing that I am not flexible on is um, it's a hard concept to explain. I'm not flexible when it comes to your, I call it your business compass. So the people in my tribe have to have a business-like moral philosophy that has the same norm that I do. Because it's not going to work if I feel that helping others helps me. And so I'm happy to help others. But then we have member A that only wants to help herself. That's not going to work in your tribe. Your tribe is not going to be effective because if you are the tribe leader, you will always have the stress of having to mediate. So that if anything, when it comes, if anything that you take from this, make sure that your that there are things I know that I won't compromise on. Ever. Um, that's just it's in my personality. I will never steal Melissa's content, copy it, and paste it, and call it mine. That's that won't happen. Um, it's not even something I would do an accident. And there are people that don't believe the same things. There are people that believe anything on the internet is free game. They don't believe in copyright. They don't think about the time that you've spent on your work. And we're not going to change that. There's always going to be those people. But do you need to invite them into your home? Do you want to share their stuff? So know the people that you invite into your tribe before it even becomes a issue. And that's why I don't believe in the, the Facebook help wanted style of tribe building. I'm sure you've seen it. Where somebody posts, hey, I'm a fitness blogger, I need a tribe. You a fitness blogger? Comment here and we'll make a group. I don't believe in that because you don't know you don't know their work ethic. You don't know their blog post style. You don't know whether or not they're going to put you in this Facebook group and then tell you about these awesome leggings that make you feel fabulous while you're blogging. <laughs> you don't know if they're going to direct message you and tell you about the crazy rap business. So, you know, you have to know who you are inviting into your home and who you're going to share stuff with. Um, and before you can create or find your tribe, you have to know yourself, your real self, not the self that you think you are or the self that you want to be. Um, and interrupt me if you have questions. I don't mind. Uh, but know your real self. You can't find the right tribe for you if you don't know who you are. Know your strengths and your weaknesses. One of my strengths is I'm very flexible. I am. I'm very flexible. Uh, you can ask me something. You can tell me you know, that, hey, you want to work on something tomorrow at 12. I'm like, okay. You can call me five minutes later and say it's not going to work. How about three? I'm just like, okay. You know, that's just my personality. One of my weaknesses, I'm really flexible. <laughs> so that is a weakness for me. Um, I'm not flexible in spons with sponsored post deadlines or things like that because that's my business. That's my money. That's my livelihood. So th there is a limit to my flexibility, but I have done like 100 revisions on one post to please a brand without really getting mad because I'm flexible. Um, so, so it's my strength and my weakness. Um, I'm also organizationally challenged. So if I wrapped your business card, don't rely on that. Send me a message. 
because uh, I handed out today, or yesterday, if you didn't get it, Melissa's networking scheme kind of threw a wrench in my plans. If you didn't get a folder with this card, a business card credible in it, just you can. We're talking affiliate marketing right so now. Listen in. Give you Pinterest links, Pinterest graphics. So you can use this Pinterest graphics, link directly to your affiliate link, and um, give them a little bit of review in the description. So share posts on uh, Instagram. You can share a photo of the affiliate program product that you're actually using. That's a very popular way to do it on Instagram. Type review and link to the post. Instagram is really great for telling stories. People love to read on Instagram as long as you caught their attention with your, your um, actual graphic. But you want to make sure you're using key hashtags and don't overuse hashtags. Here's a great example. I do Charlotte Mason homeschooling. And I'm realizing my Instagram is not growing even though I'm hitting hashtag Charlotte Mason, hashtag, hashtag Charlotte Mason homeschooling, Charlotte Mason living, Charlotte Mason everything. So when I started to change it up and use Charlotte Mason once and then think about different hashtags that would work, all of a sudden I'm seeing growth again. So don't get crazy with the hashtags. Be selective. And then on Twitter, you share your blog posts, personal stories with direct links, share your live video highlights, the benefits of the products, and then share your Q&A video. And then again, same thing with Instagram, you want to use um, you want to use your actual uh, hashtags, be selective. So I offer this in the workshop uh, workbook so that you can actually think of the five needs after you survey, the five needs of your audience, and highlight five affiliate programs that you want to be really good with on um, all of those places that I shared with you. And then here's an idea to help you understand your platforms more than your blog. So you have your blog, you have your email, you have your Facebook, Pinterest, and any other social media that you're focusing on. So this will help you kind of plan it out. And then as is mentioned, I am the owner of Focus Blogging Conference. Here are some of the products that I offer in the store. Melissa, you you offered them somewhere. Some of this. Okay, so she's gonna put them on Facebook. And so, um, anyways, so there you have it. Is there any questions? Can you go back to the previous slide for just a second? Any questions? Yes. Are people willing to use that information after age? Yes. I just recently surveyed my audience, um, and it got me so raw that I was emotional for quite a while because I could not believe the information that they shared with me. I get emails all the time when I send out something about marriage. I have emails of women asking me to pray for their, their spouses, and, oh. and I tell them, if you want me to pray, let me know. Please don't tell me specifics, because I don't want you bashing your husbands. <laughs> you know, I don't want to hear the details, but I will uphold your, your um, marriage and prayer, or I can help you further if you need a little bit of advice. Um, and the emails and the responses I get in the surveys, I, I mean, I literally grab my tissues, and I'm emotional for quite quite a few hours. They, they really bear your soul if you're if you're not just spamming them, if you're really related to them, they'll know the difference. On average, how many emails do you send out for one affiliate product? Um, this is my series of I is what I recommend you start with. Okay. Um, because if you've not done anything before, you don't want to do anything more than that. 
All right, there are some emails. Um, right now I'm actually in the middle of uh, an affiliate launch, and it's consisted of quite a few emails, a lot more than that. Um, but those are in there, and then there's some additional. But I would recommend start with that, and once you get your audience used to that, then you can increase. Um, join some, some bloggers that are doing um, affiliate marketing and rocking it and watch what they do and become a student of their affiliate program marketing. Yes, over here, Energy. So how often are you emailing? Like once a week, every couple of weeks? Those, those well, emails? you want to nurture your audience without just pushing affiliates. You want to let them know that you're caring. So I do not have RSS feed going out to my readers. So there's times I miss my weekly email, and that's okay. But if I want, if I'm sharing something with them, I'm linking to a blog post, um, and I'm nurturing. So I'm telling them stories about you know communication problems in your marriage, and then I'm linking to my post that tells a little bit about it. But in that email, I'm telling them some problems that my husband and I have still today that we're still working through our communication. Problems. In the amount that has grown. From there, I launched the podcast Influencer Entrepreneurs in January, where I have found a lot of different audience. A lot of people have found me that way because of it. I talk everything. The purpose of the podcast is to really teach influencers how to become entrepreneurs. Because I think a lot of times as bloggers, we just think of ourselves as bloggers, and we like to say we're just bloggers. We just do this or that. And my purpose, I feel, is to make sure that you understand that you own a business. And you have to treat it that way, you have to talk about it that way, because it will manifest into something larger when you talk about it as a business. So the podcast, the purpose of it is to really make sure that people understand, bloggers and influencers, that you run these large businesses and they can become even larger as you grow. Um, before I actually want to go there, this is what I want to start with, kind of like to get an idea about something. I need anybody that has a list, doesn't matter if you have two people on your list or you have thousands of people on your list, to stand up. Okay. Stand up if you have a list. Okay. From here, I need you to stay standing. If you have your list, you know exactly what your people on your list want from you. So it's segmented, you understand why they have signed up for your list. You've given them something in order for them to sign up. You can stand. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> Perfect. Okay, because this is the reason that I felt I had to kind of switch this a little bit. Thank you guys for staying standing. I want you to Go ahead and take a seat. Your, the presentation I went ahead of you was excellent talking about your audience. And that's kind of where I wanted to start. Before we can really talk about how to grow your list with a challenge, we have to talk about knowing your audience and knowing your avatar. And that was spoken about a little bit beforehand. And instead of going over again how to create your avatar, what I actually want to do is just give you an example of an avatar. So the Melrose family, which is my lifestyle site, my avatar is 37 years old. She lives in New Jersey and she works full time and has a daughter that is three years old. She commutes regularly from New Jersey into New York and because of that, she doesn't get to see her daughter a lot. She misses out on a lot of different things. So she doesn't have a ton of time with her 
on during the week, even on the weekends. But that daughter is the apple of her eye. And all she wants to do is find ways to connect with her daughter to be able to have those special moments. So when it comes to meals and projects, she's looking for something that's quick and easy. But at the same time, she wants it to be memorable. She wants her daughter to look back at these times that she got to spend that time with her mom and say, those are the moments to create that relationship. Your avatar should also keep you in check. And if you were to respond to a post, especially, or even affiliate marketing, you have to have an avatar that can see you. You would never say that. You wouldn't write about that. And you would never talk like that. So that way you can be authentic. Your content can come across so that your audience wants to listen to what you have to say. They will call you on it. And if you've noticed that you have a drop in followers after you've done a sponsored post or something with affiliate marketing, it's probably because you weren't authentic. You didn't tell your story. Very, very important. So I asked about the list and whether or not you gave them something for free in order to understand what they were coming to you for. And I'm going to be referring to that as a lead magnet. And I actually have a worksheet that we're going to hand out here um, so that you can kind of see when we're talking about a sales funnel. And what I'll be talking about is also going to build on what Becky's going to be talking about later today. Becky and I have worked together on different projects. And I know that we think very similarly. <laughs> that former teacher in us. Um, but this is the sheet that you're getting. Um, you want to start with that lead magnet. When I say a lead magnet, it doesn't have to be something huge. You want it to be valuable. So it doesn't have to be a 25, 30, 40 page ebook. It could simply be a PDF that they're going to be able to use and be able to share with their family or whatever it might be. So, let me back up. I'm a food blogger, a PDF, where it gave them the checklist of what should be in that space. So when you're creating these lead magnets or freebies, it could be a checklist, it could be a to-do list. You want it to be something though that's going to be valuable, that you know you can use in your content. Now, if you're a lifestyle blogger, you're probably not going to like what I have to tell you. As a lifestyle blogger, you have the opportunity to write about lots of different things, and that is one of the advantages. The disadvantages, you have an ability to write about a lot of different things, which also means you need to know why your audience is coming to you. The person that's coming to you for that healthy living essential oil recipe is probably not coming to you for maybe parenting advice. They don't all have the same interests. So even though you're a lifestyle blogger, you're going to have to have probably multiple lead magnets. And if you do it really well, like Becky Mansfield does of your modern family, she has multiple lead magnets that lead into sales funnels for those specific products. So if you're a lifestyle and you write about different topics, pick the topics that you're noticing that your audience really wants to hear about. What are they coming to you for? You can do a survey. You can also start by looking at your Google Analytics. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that as I get further into the presentation. But I wanted you to make sure that you really understood what a lead magnet is. I think sometimes we use this lingo. And then people are looking at what, what are you talking about? I don't know what that means. It's just a lead to get people onto your list. So you're giving them something for free. So if you look at that sales funnel that you have in front of you, you start off with your lead magnet. And then in order to get them a little bit further into your funnel, I believe in challenges. 
I think challenges are a great opportunity to be able to, for them to get to know you. I'm going to show you exactly why. But your sales funnel from there will lead into a tripwire. And all a tripwire is, it's like a product that's probably below $20. It could be an ebook. It could be a one-off training video that you do. Something simple to make them customers. Because what you're going to find is that once you have a tripwire, pretty much any sales, something you, anytime you put out a product, they will end up probably purchasing it if you've done this correctly. So for JennyMelrose.com, I have multiple products, obviously. Started with a small tripwire with $15 media kept training. From there, it can go into I have a couple different e-courses. I have a membership site. Stacy, how many, are you part of a membership site? How many courses do you have? She probably, I think, has all two or three, and yes. So I call it Stacy because we were talking when we were, I, I, were at Everything Food Conference, and someone had said to us, oh, how do you two know each other? You seem like you know each other really well. And I had said, oh, well, she has my, she was a student of my e-course. And then she goes, and a member of your membership site, and of your e-course. The point of this is that once someone purchases something, they're more likely to buy because they trust you. They see the value in what you're going to be giving. And whether you have a product or not, it still makes it so that you create that relationship with them. So you're driving traffic. And you're driving a relationship with them that you have. Okay, so let's dive a little bit into why challenge. Well, for me, you want to be able to show them this transformation. And if you can show them in five to 10 days that they can have a little bit of a transformation in their life, they're going to be more willing to possibly purchase a product that you have that's larger. So if you do organization and you wanted to talk about decluttering, you might do a five-day decluttering challenge that's going to be really basic, but they're going to have that transformation that they're then like, yes, I need the rest of this. How do I get my hands on the rest of it? And that's where your sales, where your course can come from. Or if you offer services, that's where it can step in. From here, oh yeah. So it goes from a, it also turns your audience from a cold audience into a warm audience. Anytime you can have that transformation with someone else, they get to know you. They, you're giving them the opportunity to understand who you are. And they now go from, yeah, I don't really know who this person is, to you've been in their inbox for five days straight or 10 days straight. They've probably replied to some of your emails. If you've done it right, you've interacted with you in a Facebook group. So you want to be able to turn these into cold, from cold into warm. It also teaches them, and this is probably one of the simplest forms, but not what people would think of, it teaches them to open their emails. For challenges <laughs> from there, you also want to think again about your expertise. What are you comfortable on? You probably shouldn't do a freezer meal um, challenge if you're not comfortable and you don't do it yourself. Someone was talking to me yesterday and they were telling me about uh, meal planning. They wanted to do a meal planning challenge. And I said, okay, well, how do you meal plan? And they're like, oh God, I don't meal plan. I don't meal plan at all. And I'm like, yeah, no, that's not a good idea. Let's not do that. You want to obviously feel comf comf confident in it and to be able to feel like an expert when you're out there. And then the last piece here is what products do you have? Some of you may have products, some of you may have ideas for ebooks. If you have an idea or you have a product, you want it to be 
your challenge is the stepping stone to show them that the next step is to purchase your product. And you make it to the point where it's like, that would be silly of me not to spend that money. She just gave me all this content for free. Why wouldn't I want to pay the $10 for an ebook that makes it a next step and makes it simple and easy? Days. A lot of people will say to me, well, I want to do a um, four-week challenge. I'm like, you're going to write emails for four weeks? Have fun with that. No, you can't write one email a week because by the time the second week comes, they've forgotten who you are. So you want it to be sequential days, whether it's five, seven, ten, whatever it might be. You want them to come in a row. Then from there, you also want to make sure that you have an identifiable subject line. So literally call it whatever your challenge is. Day one. Cleaning challenge. Day two, cleaning challenge. If you just make it very simple so they understand who you are and what it is they signed up for. Think of all the crap you signed up for. We don't always remember. And then when they pop into our inbox, it's easy to unsubscribe if that subject line makes you feel like it's a spammer. So you have to make sure that you're clear with your subject line. You also want to make it when you're talking to them in with the email. You want it to be a friendly tone. You want it to be an email that you would normally write to a friend. That avatar. Who is it that you're talking to? And that's exactly the way that you want to write your emails. If you write it where you're being very formal, that's probably not who you are and how you would teach. So make sure that you're writing it to them like you would a friend. This part came really easy to me. And I think sometimes the teacher in me kind of comes out when it comes to this. But what you want to do with a challenge is because you're trying to create this transformation, you want to give them a mini lesson. So you're going to tell them why it is what it is the purpose of it. So if it's decluttering and we're doing a five-day challenge, you're going to talk about the need to have all your countertops made clean. You're going to tell them why it is that they should have all their countertops clean. And then the next piece is you're going to give them a call to action. So you're going to give them homework just like a teacher would. So you're going to tell them your job today is to clean off your countertops, and I want you to take a picture and come and put it into the Facebook group that we have specific to this challenge so that you're holding them accountable. You're giving them something simple and easy to do. You want their homework to take them less than 10 minutes, and you want it to be something as simple as coming to a closed Facebook group or hit reply and send me your picture. Or hit reply and tell me what was the strangest thing you cleaned off your countertops. This doesn't have to be difficult. It just has to show them how they're able to transform their lives just a little bit. Okay, so a lot of people will say to me, mm -hmm, this is great, but how do I promote it? How do I get people into this challenge, right? I'm sure that's crossing your mind. So for here, what you can actually do is you can have something within your content, a content upgrade, where it's actually a button right within your site where you're inviting them to the challenge. So Melissa yesterday wrote my spot about how Melrose family does um, essential oils and we have a 10 day chemical free challenge because at the end of it, I offer up a essential oil course that I have as a product. But this is right within the content. So if you see above it, it is part of the paragraph. So I want you to think about like the post would be here with all my pictures, whatever else. 
then right here is this button that they're able to click and then put their email address in once they get to that landing page or once the, a button pops up that's going to be able to put their email in. Now, in order to do this, it's just like a lead magnet. You have to be using a different email service. Whoever you're Can you guys hear me? It feels weird to have a microphone. Um, and I work at Your Modern Family. I blog at yourmodernfamily.com. That's my main one. I have um, several, but like Your Modern Family is the money maker. Um, and so I'm going to talk about launching a product, but really just about products in general. So um, most, some of you, I guess, have like, seen my um, newsletter or my income reports, and I don't really do them anymore just because I started to get like, nervous about it. Um, but I have been able, and I, like, you, if you know me, you know that I um, am like a completely open book. Like anything that you want to know is is fine, and I'll tell anybody anything about blogging. And so, like, I've been able to make um, six figures a month, and it's because of products and sponsored posts, and um, what well, and affiliates and things like that. Which is why I always like mention the course in my emails. But anyways, um, look, I'm like nervous when I say that out loud because it like gives me such like jitters to say it to people. But I want you guys to know that it's very possible. And that like everybody in here can do these things and you guys can have like your own businesses and your families can be home with you and um, like if you want to go somewhere or do these things, it's so possible when you guys just, when you know the things to do for your blog and then you start doing them. So okay, my goal with products was always that I didn't want to have um, like all of my eggs in one basket. So some months, like this month, I have at least 20 sponsored posts. So this month, like sponsored post income is gonna be above like product income. But then say like in the spring or new years, product income is gonna be high because in the spring, I have a potty training book that's gonna do well. And in like New Year's Eve, people are gonna do the decluttering course because they wanna declutter. So those months, the product sales are gonna be above the like sponsored. And then other times like Christmas, your affiliate links are going to do really well and bring in a really good income because you can do all those different gift guides and, and things like that. So the, like your goal will be to just like have all of your eggs in like all these different baskets. Because think about like worst case scenario is that your blog just shuts down. Like one day you get on and there's not a blog. Or like blogging is like a newspaper and like people just stop being interested in it. You want to be able to know that if your blog is gone, you still have products so that you can still earn an income. So for me, I wanted my product sales to be strong enough that if my blog went away, it would still pay for my four kids to go to college. It would still pay for um, like the different expenses that we have every month. And I want that to happen without having to know that like my blog is there. So how do you create a product that's going to be able to do that for you every month? That's kind of what we're going to talk about, but then I'm going to really leave like a big Q&A at the end because I want to just be able to tell you that I have so many like tips and I'd love to just come up here and share, but I'm going to try to like stay focused first. So, okay, so like to create a great product, it's, it's so much easier than you think and I promise it doesn't take as much time as you think. It's just really like biting the bullet and doing it. Can you guys just raise your hands if you have a product, like anything that you make a sale on on your page? Okay. All right, so if you don't, and you should, um, we're going to work on that today, and I want you guys to walk away with some kind of idea of 
something that you can do, and then how you're going to plan to launch it. And I want you to remember that the launching part of it is huge. So Jenny and I wrote a course together, and I don't know if she said this or not, but we actually live like close. There's a bunch of us that live close. <laughs> like two of my neighbors with Jenny and Melissa. So like a lot of us live around here. But Jenny and I got together and we did a course called Sequence to Launch because we both have done, like had products that have not done well and then we've launched them the right way and they've been successful. And that happens to so many people. When I first put out my potty training book, I think I had two sales the first week. Because all I did was put it on my site as a regular like, post, like, hey, I wrote a book. And it went nowhere. So then, years later, I like worked up this huge launch plan, and I sold my declutter course, and the sales were happening one a minute from the time that it like went live. Wow. Because these people were so ready to buy. Because my goal was just to prime them to buy. And you do that by having a really great product and knowing your audience. So how we talked about um, the newsletter, like that is so huge, especially when you're gonna have a product. If I could go back and do anything with blogging, it would be start a newsletter from the, there like, was a need for this. And it wasn't something that was a need for now, it was like a forever need. Moms will potty train their kids forever, so I want to be able to like always bank on that, you know what I mean? Like I'm gonna be able to sell this book forever. And so that to me was, was just such an easy thing. I had the experience, like I potty trained four kids. At the time it had been three, but now four kids. And I, uh, I knew like the, the hard parts of it. I knew what worked. And for us, like we trained in three days. I knew that that was gonna be a really like, good way to sell it because I potty trained in three days. Like who doesn't want to be done potty training really quickly? And so I was able to like narrow it down. And then I did that with all of my top posts. Like um, my cleaning post does well. So I went back and made a decluttering course, which also did well. But you have to pick what your audience is looking for when they come to your post, and then you have to make sure that once your product is up, that your post doesn't give away like the answer. You know what I mean? Like you have to be able to go get the book to find the answer. But you wanna you wanna then think about what can you make from this. So of course, like something really quick would be a printable, and you could sell like a printable pack. And honestly, I'd say that I would have, if you aren't good at things like that, just have it made. Like I paid someone 50 bucks to have a planner made, and I made it back within the hour of putting it up for sale. Like literally two people bought it and it like paid for itself. And so then, and now like it just continues to do well, but it was like $50 for someone to create this. And it, it always, will, like it just continues to bring in money. Okay, I feel like I'm getting sidetracked with all my different things I have going on. So you want to, which like is the story of my life, like talking about different things. So you just need to make sure that you can find something that everybody loves. And then to get them in, so from the minute that you think about what you want, to, what you want your end product to be, you have to start thinking about getting those people onto your list. So what are you going to put in your book or in your course or in your whatever it is that you can give away for free? So is it like, um, is it a sheet? Is it a checklist? Is it a, whatever it's going to be and give it to them now so that you can get those people into that special list that you're going to put on your email so that those people are going to be interested in what you're buying. So for me, I have like seven, well gosh, now it's up to probably 15 different funnels in my email, but I have like um, a few main categories. So like I have a house category, I have a parenting category, I have a food category, a deals category, a marriage category, and then each one of these things, then I have them separated a little further, but they each funnel to a product. So there's nothing in my email list that like, 
somebody gets in there, like by the end, they're going to see a product sale because why else am I paying for them to be, like, that sounds like me, but honestly, I'm paying money, like I'm paying $1,000 a month for my email like list. I don't want to have to pay a thousand a month if I'm not making some money back from it. So I have them funneled as soon as they come in into a list where they go to the bottom and then they have this like the course or whatever it is I want them to buy. And then when I send out my emails, they also will get like an affiliate link to something. But you have to plan your launch like from the beginning. And I wish that I had known that too. And so Jenny and I in our course like actually talk about um, like and we tell you, we just give you the like what we did. So we give you like the emails that we sent out, with the copy that we sent, with the because I don't know, it just takes a lot of time to plan it, so we just figured we'd do it for you. But if you don't have a good launch plan, then your readers, like when you put it up, there's no excitement. So think about just like a store. Like if you know that you need like a new mattress, and then all of a sudden you see a commercial for like mattress sale in two weeks or for Labor Day, whatever. And then you're like waiting. And then you see it again. And then you see it again. Because you know they have to see this product like seven times before they buy. Like that's how many times most people take before they're like ready to get something. So you have to be able to get this out to them for a while. So before you even have your product like ready to go, you want them to be excited about it. And they don't even know what it is yet. But you want them to know that like you're coming up with something really good. And then you want them to feel involved. And so like we give you ways to make them feel involved. But by the end, when you are ready to launch and you put that product out there, they're gonna be like itching to buy it. And then what happens is like semi-passive income, I don't think there's really ever passive income, but like semi-passive where you, like your product is constantly going out. And so you have like emails going out and you have webinars and you have other affiliates that are selling your products for you and making a portion of it. And so it's just like, it's just constant. And all you have to do now is keep up with it. Like you no longer have to put in the work of developing it, you just have to keep up with it. But I would say like the best thing you can do is just go, I wrote my like potty chat if I would pay you. But first on like eJunkie, I have to go in on like the seventh of every month and I do like a mass payment through PayPal, which is supposed to be the seventh, but sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the twelfth and I haven't paid my thing yet. But you're supposed to like just go in and pay them, but it's it's pretty easy and and I would just reach out to like the blogger because usually most of them have affiliate programs. Okay, we have an online question. Yeah. Um, she says I have a product, but it's selling for the first time in Genius Bloggers Toolkit. So oh, good. What kind of advice do you have for her as far as? Oh man, because you can make 70% on that because um, that's with the bundles, so she'll make 70% on that one if she sells it. Because um, is it for sale right now? Can she hear, like is this live? Is it for sale right now? Which I should know because I'm actually an affiliate of that. No, not yet. It's coming up, because I have a product in it, so I think it's coming up in October. Oh, then you have time. I would, um, A, get my newsletter list going, so I would gather people that were interested in blogging, which is easy to do. If you have a normal blog that's not about blogging, just put, it, like, for a little while, a plug-in or something that just says, are you interested in blogging? Click here. And then they click there, and they get taken over to your lead page or whatever it is where, and lead pages, if you guys don't know, it's just another website that um, makes your, makes everything look pretty. So that it's not just like sign up for my email newsletter. It's like gorgeous. Like sign up for my newsletter. Like, it just looks great. But um, so then they would click the little link and you get them to sign up for your newsletter list. And in the meantime, I'd be working on like Pinterest images and everything like that, so that when it's ready, you're ready to go. 
and like have some posts ready. But with them, they're like, they already have the posts written. All you have to do is go in and grab them out of their tools area. I think if I did like a real one, I guess you would, but for me, no, because I just um, I like have a really specific launch plan that we share, and I just um, have just success with it, so I just haven't like wavered from it at all. Where can we find more information on your launch plan? Um, so I just like thought I could have done it with this, but if you go to um, Jenny, yeah. it's just sequence to launch, but are there dashes in our? Um, if you go into like the URLs, it's I think it's sequence dash to dash launch dot teachable dot com. Someone try it and tell me if that works. I'm sure we can have Melissa send it out. Yeah, I can put it, the link out. Dot teachable dot com. Did it work? Oh, good. And then Jenny, I created a. Um, Coupon code. So if you use BLU17, you get $50 off. And it walks you through, it walks you through everything. I promise we gave you everything, every tiny detail we could from what we did. Like we literally just gave you our stuff. It was really good. Um, I mean, I think it was good, but I made it. All right, do you guys have any more questions? And you don't have to limit it to products. Like I'm literally, I'll help you with anything. So I do have a more of a general. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of mind blowing. Like, how, like, so for you in your life, how do you manage oh, man. doing that? Like, I mean, like, do you, like, literally, do you have people that are literally coming to the house? No, I don't have anybody doing, no. Mm -mm. I only have one person, one VA, and she, um, well, Brittany helps me right here with some things, and then I have one other VA that does um, Tailwind, but after I learned this, I'm not gonna do that anymore. My goal, my ultimate goal is to pass this business on to our kids. And so um, so we have been putting money like away and we have um, just, I, I want to pay for their colleges and I want to um, have this turn into like a real business so that when they're grown, I can say like, come and work from home with your spouses and let this be your thing. So wait, what was the question? So like literally like, like how can you Okay, so yes, oh my gosh, okay. So some months, so some months it's really insane. Like I, so right now, like now until Christmas would just be crazy. Like I think I had, oh my gosh, uh, just a lot. There's like a lot of sponsor for things happening. So I just get into a sauna. Hey friends, I hope you're enjoying these little clips from our conference today. We're talking about Tailwind, using Tailwind to schedule. Let's listen in. It's very niche specific and that is active. So, everybody said, drop your group boards, drop your group boards, don't join any more group boards, they're dead, they're dead, they're dead. There is validity to that, but there's also a way for you to find out which group boards are working for you. And you can easily check with your board insights from Tailwind 
And what I've found is that when you go to Tailwind and you check out right here your virality score and your engagement score, that talks about how many pins from that group board are going viral. Whether those are your pins, somebody else's pins, that's how the group board is performing. The engagement score is how many people are averaging touching each pin. Whether they're repinning, whether they're liking it, whether um, they're clicking through and going to the post. So, what I do is I go through and I check every week to see how my group boards are performing. And you'll see, like, this one particular, Disney World, the happiest place on earth. This is a group board with probably about 30 other um, bloggers on it. And it gets a great virality. I mean, 67% is huge. So that is not a group board that I would want to dump because it's still active. It's still being pinned from regularly. It's very niche specific because it's all about Disney. That's the only thing that gets pinned to that board. Um, healthy slow cooker recipes is another one that's really popular. And as you can see, that's got a 31%. Now for some of you, you're like, well, 31%, that's like a failing grade in grade school. But for Pinterest, that's awesome. That's really good. Anything over like a 10% virality score is amazing on Pinterest for a group four. So what I do is I check out these weekly stats, and I'll have a download for you guys available that helps you um, track how your boards are going. I constantly join new group boards all the time. I always go through that, that Facebook group where people are putting their group boards. So I'll join new boards, and if they're not performing after a month, I dump them and I go to the next. Because if you are contributing to group boards, that are performing well, even though Pinterest is a search search engine, you're getting the Pinterest juice from that group board so that um, you show up higher in the, the smart feed and all of that. So, um, group boards are not bad. So when you want to, when you want to drop a group board, what you want to do is you want to keep track, and if it's got low virality and low engagement, like this particular one, Kids and Parenting, has a 1% virality and a 0.07 engagement, which means less than one person is clicking or seeing that pen. That's really bad. That's a board that is dragging me down. So if I pin to that board, it actually takes away some of my Pinterest juice from other pins that are boards that are performing well. Because the way the algorithms work now is when you take one pin and you pin it to multiple boards, and you all five of those boards that you've pinned to take off and are doing really well, then they're gonna take that pin and they're gonna put it in the smart feed. And they're gonna decide that that's a pin that they're gonna to wanna to show up in searches. And that's a pen that's popular. But if you then share that same pen to five group boards that are not performing, they are pretty much dead boards, then Pinterest algorithms 
look at it and they say, oh, well, that's not a good pin. I'm not going to put it in the smart feed. I'm not going to put it in search results because all it knows is that might be the same pin. One, it's, per, or it's performing on these five boards, but it's not performing on these. You want to track it for a month each week, go through and put down your top five <coughs> worst performing boards. And each week you change it or, and if you have a board that keeps showing up week after week, drop it. Um, because those underperforming group boards are, built, are bringing you down. And it really doesn't matter how many followers a group board has on it anymore. A group board could have 500,000 followers and be dead and not show your pin to anybody. But you can have a group board that has maybe 800 followers and it is super active and everybody, every one of those followers is repinning. So don't base joining group boards on um, how many followers there are. In fact, I have found, I've been testing the last couple of weeks, so don't take my word for it yet, but I have found within the last couple of weeks the brand new bloggers that, you know, they're, they're trying to figure it out, they're building group boards because they didn't get the message that group boards are horrible. Um, they're actually doing really well. Like those boards are starting to, to get a lot of um, interaction because when you think about it, they have brand new boards, they have brand new friends on those boards. Each of their pins maybe have two, three, four repins, and then there you go with your thousand repins on your pin that you're pinning to that board. And then everybody's like, oh, that's a lot of pins. And Pinterest is like, wow, that's like the best pin of this board. And you get extra juice that way. But that's just what I'm trying out right now. So the um, small group boards that are specific to your niche are the ones that you want to be a part of. You also don't want to be a part of a group board that has like 500 other bloggers on it. You want to keep group boards that are very niche specific and that are smaller. Pinterest said that group boards, they like to see them with bloggers that maybe have 20 other people on the board. And that way you're not oversaturating the board. Um, so you want to keep it at about 20 collab collaborators on that board. And you want to look for quality over quantity. Um, as far as your engagement, the type of pins that are on the board, check out the boards before you even ask to join. Look and see like what it is that people are pinning onto those boards. Um, because if they're not pinning quality pins, that board's going to die anyway. So you don't want to waste your time on that. And here's a good group to find group boards. It's just Facebook groups, Pinterest boards. So one thing that I do is I organize my group boards for faster pinning. So does anybody use Tailwind List? Okay. We have a few people that use Tailwind lists. So Tailwind has this amazing feature where you can create lists. And I know this is really hard to see, but so I have like a list of suites. These are my boards where I can pin desserts, suites, whatever. And I've created a list. So this is actually like my Tailwind area. And there's a part where it says like create a list and you just click on it and then you 
click to add a list. And then you just add in each of your boards into that list. So I have sweets, and you'll see I have recipes one, recipes two, recipes three, slow cooker one. Um, I have all my Disney, I have parenting, Christmas. Any subject that you have a lot of group boards and personal boards, you're going to want to turn into a list. Because it'll make your pinning so much easier. So, um, sorry, I'm like trying to read up there and I'm like, oh, I'm looking here. <laughs> so, when you're building your board list, think about the subjects for your blog, think about the holidays, think about what it is that, um, that you, how you want to organize your list. And you want to have two separate types of lists. You want to have your personal list, which would be like your personal boards that you have on Pinterest, and then you want to have your group board list. And the reason for that is because um, I'm about to show you how to schedule, and you need to have smaller lists for um, some of the scheduling. So like in recipes, I probably have 100 or so recipe group boards that I'm a part of. I don't want to pin to 100 boards at one time, so I want to break it up and do what I do for, hold on, sorry guys, I <laughs> got off track. Um, okay, so the reason that you want to do your list is because it is important to be constantly pinning to each of the boards to keep them active. And you'll want to, um, when you go into your tribes, does everybody use tribes? Yeah, okay. So tribes are where you have, you know, 20, 30 bloggers all pinning their stuff into a tribe. It does not go to Pinterest. It is housed on Tailwind. It's a free feature for those of you that don't have Tailwind. But you can pin it, you can pin your stuff into a tribe. And then the tribe members repin from that tribe. So let me sign into Tailwind real quick and I'll show you guys exactly what it is that I do with my tribes. So, you know, we always talk about you need to share other people's stuff more than you share your own stuff. And um, this is the way that I do it because I only have a very limited time to do my pinning. Um, I can do live pinning in the evening when my kids are asleep and I'm just doing it for fun, which is important so that not everything is automated. But let's pull up tribes and I'll show you. So I join tribes that are um, niche specific. So I, I'm a part of food tribes, parenting tribes. Tribes is really slow sometimes, especially when we have the the internet like we do. Okay, so what you can do is your tribes are all listed here when, you, when you're when you in one. Oh. Can I follow while you're waiting? Can I ask, how do you find tribes? There, um, so there is a Facebook group now that lists tribes. I will try to find it. There are also a lot of bloggers that have listed tribes on their websites. And um, sometimes it's just networking in groups. Like this group, I set up a tribe for this group um, and put it on the Facebook page. Uh, you just find them through 
networking on Facebook, networking with your friends, finding out like, hey, who else is in tribes? Because being part of a tribe is not going to affect your, um, seriously? It's not going to affect your, um, your Pinterest analytics at all. The tribes are completely separate. Well, if we have a tribe, can we drop it Great. So we're having A-B difficulties again. So, okay, basically what you do when you go into a tribe is you, um, it, it looks just like Pinterest. It's just a list of pins, but the nice thing about the pins is there's no spam pins in there, at least if you're in a good tribe, there are no spam pins in there. There are no fake pins in there, you know, like the pins that go, that say they go to, you know, one site and they actually go to another site. Um, there's no stolen content in your tribes. So it's a safe place to pin from. So if I were to go into one of my food blogger tribes and I'm wanting to share my um, latest recipe, I would pin it in there. But then I also want to pin other people's content. But it takes forever to say, okay, well, I'm going to pin Jenny's Oreo cupcakes because those are like her, one of her top posts. And I can see it in the tribes because it'll tell me how many times it's been repinned. It'll say, you know, like 10,000 or whatever. So I always pick pins that have a higher repin count, pins that have 1,000 or more repins. Um, and it's in the upper right-hand corner. And basically, I'll take Jenny's recipe and I will pin it to all of my sweet sports because I know that her pin is a viral pin. Now, I know that because I look at the, the pin score that Tailwind has given it as far as repins go. So instead of just pinning it to one board and going, okay, well, I completed my one-for-one -one pin, I'm pinning hers to like 20 boards. Which is why I say, if you have, like me, where I have a hundred or so group recipes. Whether you're a fashionista or a foodie, new to blogging or a blogging veteran, we've got something for everyone and for every type of blogger. We look forward to welcoming you to our community. We've got what you need to succeed. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the North Carolina Blogger Network. We're so glad to have you with us.